Today's topic is aesthetics of Dalit literature, issues, text, and context. In conversation with Dr. Jaydeep Sarangi, who is a writer, poet, critic, wears many hats. To brief you, what is Dalit literature? Dalit literature is the Dalit consciousness for human equality, for human identity, and this, this is the main part, human dignity. As we all are born as humans, we all can claim for human dignity. But years of oppression and years of atrocities has compelled and denied this right to a particular segment of the society and called them untouchables. Today, we are going to discuss about the historical perspective, the nitty-gritties, and how Dalit movement in India came across, and what is the modern Dalit literature in India. And today we have, and we are fortunate to have Dr. Jadeep Sarangi with us, who is a bilingual writer, a poet, a critic, editor, translator, who has translated a number of significant publications on Australian literature, Indian writing in English, post-colonial studies, and Dalit literary movement in India. At present, he is the principal of New Alipur College. His books, research articles, translations, and poems are in literary archives in different universities in the world. Thank you, Dr. Sarangi, for joining us. It's an absolute, absolute pleasure to have you on our platform to, to, to enlighten us. And Thank you give us different perspective about the subject to begin with thank you so much thank you so much it's an honor i'm honored yes it's our pleasure sir uh, to begin with let's just start with the very beginning how for the layman how would you define the literature a and when i read the term in whatever knowledge i have limited knowledge and i listen to the term dalit literature one image pops up in my mind and that is dr br ambedkar so would you say the modern literary dalit writings find its roots in the ambedkarite thoughts so two questions for you yeah thank you so much it's an honor to talk on the issue that i've been yes. working and uh, for some time and it's my engagement with and friendship with a lot of Dalit activists and writers from different parts of India, parts of India like Sharan Kumalimbale, Arjun Dangle, Bama, to Kalani Thakur Charal, Manohar Maule Vishwash, to Odisha Dalit mm -hmm. writers. Uh, so I, I, it's, I am really fortunate that I have made friendship with them. I have lived uh, some kind of life with them so that i can experience some sort of the thoughts and some sort of ideas that they have gone through and uh, i'm really fortunate in this birth i feel like that now yes. the term dalit is very highly loaded term because it's, it will take at least six hours to define it chronologically but i'll make it very pinpoint if we look into the term in the category in the ideas of Arjun Dangle, I think the author of editor of Poison Bread, the most important book which revolutionized the, the marginal studies or post-colonial studies in India. And uh, this book is uh, historical and monumental in published in 1992. And uh, 
in an interview with Arjun Dangle, myself and uh, you know, I asked Dangle, how will you define the term Dalit in the present context? Dangle says, this interview is archived online. You can Google my name and Arjun Dangle's name and interview, it will come. Earlier, Dalits were only ones who were outcasts and had dwelling outside the native. However, we have tried to make it more pervasive and inclusive. We define and conceive Dalits as those who are depressed and unorganized socially, politically, economically, and culturally. This is not a mere caste, but a realization, a feeling, the feeling of oppressed and deprived by a system. Nothing has changed so far to change the meaning and scope of the word. But the very important thing about this is, if we look into last 70 years, the, the, the Dalit movement, uh, what centered around Ambedkar, if we think of in 50s, uh, uh, but it uh, came in earlier 30 years uh, from 1920s onwards. You can think of Ambedkar's Gandhi uh, Ambedkar debate and Ambedkar's contribution to uh, this field, enormous contribution to this field. And, uh, and Dalits were all inclusive. And if you look into in 50s and 60s, lot of uh, lot of Dalit activists were oriented towards uh, uh, under the spell of the Marxist uh, thoughts. So more liberal, those who are underprivileged, yeah, they were taken into they are taken into consideration. And into 70s, when Dalit Panther movement took place, and uh, new sort of definitions that took uh, also new orientations who are Dalit means who are depressed and Dalan, who are the victims of Dalan. Dalan means a machine, a social machine has crushed them, crushed. You can say crushed and broken, the word broken. And uh, in, if we look into the modern categorical term, it's about social SC and um, OBC and people who have uh, the caste identity as their own. But it was, if you can define historically, the definitions could include women also in some point of time, and also the laborers were economically marginalized. Right. So it's a very loaded term. And regarding right. Ambedkar, the second part of the question that I'm talking about, Ambedkar was, was a great philosopher, and he was mm -hmm. also an educational pragmatist, I'll say, educational mm -hmm. pragmatist and uh, Ambedkar was the fruit of uh, Mahatma Phule's garden, I'll say. Mahatma Phule, mm -hmm. 1827 to 1890, made an enormous mm -hmm. impact on Indian society, uh, anti-caste movements, and also mm -hmm. his role in uh, educating women for schools. And he established a school mm -hmm. in Pune in 1848, mm -hmm. and which were, mm -hmm. I think, monumental in many ways. But if we look into the Indian tradition of Dalit studies, of course, mm -hmm. Ambedkar is the Gangotri of that movement because of mm -hmm. his uh, slogan we all know, educate, mm -hmm. agitate, mm -hmm. and organize. Okay. First you give okay. them education, then mm -hmm. uh, give them their voice and organize them. Unless you organize a movement, it's very hard to come mm -hmm. the result that you look forward to. Therefore, uh, and the um, Ambedkar's annihilation of caste is almost 
the Bible for Dalit studies. Yeah. And he has okay. asked where he talks about uh, the details about Indian uh, stratified society. For me, mm. in this in this evening, if we want to know India, we should read Gandhi, mm. we should read Nehru, mm. we all, we should mm. read Tagore, and we should also read Ambedkar. And without reading Ambedkar, reading mm. of India is incomplete. And of course, mm. Dalit movement in different parts of India is, of mm. course, the Gangotri is, of course, Ambedkar himself. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Thank you. So, um, okay, so this was the root of the modern Dalit literature and Dalit, as you said, oppressed. Yeah. Dalit Hindi yeah. is oppressed, in fact. Yeah. Okay, moving forward, at that time, do you think, uh, can we draw parallels from the black writing that was in the West? Because that was the target of the uh, racism that was happening there. And here also we were facing casteism. So were any elements that we have drawn from there, like the Indian feminist literature that has drawn some inspiration from the West? Yes. Because of the first yes. wave, second wave, third wave of feminism. Is Are there yes. any parallels between the Indian Dalit literature and the black writing abroad? Of course, both are cultural uh, cultural movements, eh? racial mm -hmm. movements, uh, black writings, things, you know, of course, the color of the skin. By birth, mm -hmm. you are segregating people. And similarly in India, by birth caste, you are segregating people. So, but two are unique in different parts, in different parts of the world. You know, if we talk of uh, uh, in, in Indian context, in Indian context, you know, Dalit movement is unique, unique in a way that uh, unless you are born in Indian caste system, it's, a, it's terrible. You cannot think of it. So mm -hmm. someone is born in a different continent, in a different uh, uh, environment, social structure, social hierarchy. It's, mm -hmm. of course, impossible to understand, experience this caste uh, hierarchy or caste pyramid. Mm -hmm. So, of mm -hmm. course, uh, the Dalit movement in India was uh, you know, influenced by the Afro-American uh, movement. You know, you know right. a lot of Dalit readers. So, who mm -hmm. went to the West and like um, Dr. Wankhare and uh, he went there and came back as principal and uh, in mm -hmm. Aurangabad and uh, brought philosophy of the movement okay. that he, he had okay. seen. So mm -hmm. very important parallelism can be done. But Dalit movement in India is unique to Indian sociology. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, moving forward, whatever you have explained us till now, do you think the literature has brought some kind of socio-political change in the system till now? Uh, because as a movement, has it been successful to some extent? Of course. Now, you know, uh, things are changing because no one can deny the sun rising. Of course, mm -hmm. I have taken uh, from mm -hmm. Professor Dangle's, uh, Dr. Arjun Dangle's uh, work that is mm -hmm. no one can deny the sun rising. And uh, with education and, of course, cultural awareness and one or two generations of uh, more, more than that uh, higher education, people are uh, of the background of, of different order. They're coming with a voice. You cannot resist the voice for long. Okay. And uh, now things are changing uh, over the last 20 years or so. I think a lot of... Uh, people are coming forward they are um, organizing and they are coming as a second generation or third generation 
uh, people who can really fluently write, express their mm -hmm. thoughts. They are confident. I I will mm -hmm. say they are confident in writing and and of course their expression. Therefore, uh, their ways of expressions are more prominent and voiced. And mm -hmm. uh, if you look into uh, Dalit movement now, it is a pan-Indian affair, pan-Indian mm -hmm. affair. But in 1970s, it was in pockets. But now it is in, in Kerala, in West Bengal, in Odisha, mm -hmm. in uh, Uttar Pradesh, uh, so mm -hmm. everywhere. And they can come out and they can produce the same uh, qualitatively rich uh, literature, the literature of so-called Brahminical, as I don't subscribe the term Brahminical at all. All literature mm -hmm. are literature. All literature right. is the same. Right. Of course. Right. Of course. But translations, mm -hmm. I think translation is the heart of india so if you want to know india through new india through translation so mm -hmm. when doors are opened up a lot of regional vernacular dalit literatures have been translated into powerful language english french and spanish and reaching out to the world that's mm -hmm. the phenomenal growth of the marginal literature i'll say i i celebrate beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. It's a celebration of literature and nothing else. Absolutely. Great. And the, this literature is humanistic literature. I prescribe yes. yes. the term humanistic literature. And, and we that's endorse. a beautiful term. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Uh, we were talking about the literature and feminist movement. So combining both of these, uh, do you think that uh, the Dalit woman who is born as a woman in a Dalit community she is facing gender inequality and she is facing outside the house she is facing caste discrimination so is she doubly oppressed in some way yes this is very important if you look into my recent articles and my interviews with uh, bama i have taken two interviews in in a gap of i think 10 12 years and my interviews with kallani thakucharal all are archived online so okay. both uh, the both are feminist dalit feminists but they want to call themselves not as dalit feminists they want to call themselves as dalit womanists by the term womanism i think is a more inclusive term because feminism could not i think reach out to the uh, uh, you know i will say to the grassroots level of people because you know the laborers there are the the unorganized sectors, feminism, right. feminism, little middle class, upper middle mm. class yes. uh, thing that is so. So pe feminism mm. is possibly not the uh, not the term we can associate with Dalit feminism or Dalit liberal spirit of women because, mm. as you said, they are marginalized as caste, then women, and then economical uh, reasons and then political reasons so so many things are there so religion maybe of course think of bama and uh, bama is a christian and of course mm -hmm. and also a very oppressed section of life uh, from uh, tamil nadu and if you read my interviews with bama she is expressing as a very feminist and uh, of course she is uh, very happy with that and she says uh, in our autobiography karukku and karukku mm -hmm. is almost uh, I'll say it's it's a compendium of uh, philosophy of life. Life is not that you and I celebrate. Life is what the India celebrates it together. Right. So that is thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. 
moving forward uh, as you were saying there's uh, the literature from odisha from the south from up bihar what would you how would you explain the parallels between these regions uh, the oppression that all the dalits of different regions are facing and is there anything particular because you are located in kolkata you have worked on bangla dalit literature is there any difference in the bangla dalit literature and the uh, literature from all across the country yes sure because bangla dalit literature you know there is a strong presence of refugee the concept of refugee because lot of namasudra people are coming uh, came from bangladesh they are uprooted from bangladesh and uh, after part when they entered into india they had been thrown into different uh, refugee camps if you look into the bengali dalit literature it is markedly different from other regions because of the element of uh, you know i'll say uh, displacement dislocation from their original country from the original land to become someone's land okay so you know namashudra movement namashudra movement originated in bangladesh urakandigram gurichand thakur gurichand thakur you know to leading uh, you know the uh, leading people like god like saint people and they transformed to try to transform society and now after partition they came to india uh, these uh, uh, some people and then they uh, uh, you know thrown into different camps and they come out with their own autobiography and camp life and those are blood chilling discourse i tell you there is a book by manoranjan bapari itibritte chandal jivan the life of of a chandal itibritte chandal jivan it's a, it will give you a shock it will change your life because he has come out with experiences of his own life possibly in writing we will stop somewhere but he did not stop and he crossed all barriers it's a it's a naked exposure of life life in pictorial sense you and i like right possibly at a certain point of time we stop but it's it's like the fire with he has written this sort of biography i think uh you know it's, it's another way to look at the bengali concept the concept of bengal and the bengal from a refugee's perspective and refugee dalit's perspective so so many angles are added into it of course it were it were you know being a dalit movement in india is of course uh centered around um, first and centered around maharashtra then gujarat of course in other parts of india and uh, uh, the perspectives are different but main ideas are the same of course the basic right. construct is the same theoretical the basic mm-hmm. constructs are but in bengal case perspective is a bit different of course because of this added uh, added thing of partition or mm-hmm. landlessness or displacement that gives another dimension to mm-hmm. look at things yeah Sure. Right, right. Okay, so before moving on to the next question, there are questions I can see coming on, and I would mm, request wonderful. whoever is uh, watching, if you have any questions, please put down in the comment section. And after the question and answer session, we'll take out the uh, questions from the comment section, and Dr. Sarangi will be answering them. Yeah, sure, sure, uh, sure, sure. Okay. So moving on. Uh, there have been dalit writers who have been writing for the movement they have as you were saying that 
one came across what has been on him and writing out your own experiences but there have been many non dalit writers also writing about the oppression of the dalit and what they have been facing do you think there's a possibility that they lack some kind of perspective in writing or you if you can share any examples for your views yeah yeah writing about dalit like but uh, not a dalit but that may, that may be kind of uh, empathic literature empathy literature of empathy literature but it cannot be the same because when you have the same experience same kind of emotion when you experience you your emotion is so different suppose i cannot write pregnancy literature so if i write pregnancy literature it will be my experience third hand or second hand experience of writing that so you can easily understand the idea of uh, the emotion that i am attached to that i am talking about the life you live will come out to you but life i have seen i have seen may lack that intensity of course uh, that may be sympathetic literature that may be empathic literature literature of empathy but of course uh, dalit literature by the dalits are strongly different strong right okay that's that's a beautiful perspective um so let's just we have spoken about the literature in whole now let's come to your work your books so talking about your book dalit voice literature and revolt uh how what was your research process what was it that you were following could you please share some insights about the book absolutely but this book is co-edited with the, one of the leading dalit writers of india sharan kumar limbale so myself and limbale we had the vision at the beginning that uh, dalit literature should be pan indian our concept was to take uh, it's uh, it's uh, the materials on works and essays on different perspectives from different angles from different uh, uh, communities under dalit communities and uh, uh, from different backgrounds so first idea was holistic the second idea was to bring certain different ideas that the researchers will take different views to take it forward suppose the idea of translation ah, mm -hmm. so uh, uh, the idea of autobiography idea of memoir idea of uh, you know letters mm -hmm. ideas ideas of essays by dalit writers ideas of uh, poetry how poetry should be read how dalit poetry should be read and look into from the perspectives of indian gharana you know there are critics uh, on different suppose in feminism there are lot of foreign critics we quote but uh, when you talk about dalit feminists we should quote sharmila rege uh, uma chakravarti and then some others so that people in the coming generation will have a secondary material to work on dalit studies so unless we produce a good number of secondary material available it will uh, not sail uh, you know through actual across time because mm. for that we need primary sources primary means literary productions at the same time the research productions on and around those texts so that together the growth is complete the journey is complete that was our vision and we i think some vision we could achieve of this book 
and this book is very well reviewed in different journals and magazines in india and abroad yeah sure okay thank you, thank you to sharan kumar limbale ji for mm -hmm. his emotional support and collaboration beautiful uh, okay so moving on to your next book um you have uh, written on the selected essays on life and works of manohar mauli vishwas yes. and uh, yeah so on that aspect yeah, how you know, a manohar mauli vishwas has a brilliant book of essays but not translated yet in bangla 100 years of bengali dalit literature but this book is still to be translated into english okay and manohar mauli okay. vishwas is almost like a banyan tree of dalit literary movement in in bengal and he is was an active member and the current president he was a secretary of bangla dalit sahitya sangstha so he has worked enormously into the film so i thought that one book on him selected essays on him will uh, uh, he, he is already an established writer so one critical book on him will uh, add value to his writings so that primary source and secondary source will go hand in hand to establish and uh, give his name a prominence in the field of bengali writings in in, in bengal mm -hmm. okay so this book is uh, of course again holistic and the idea was to uh, bring uh, the secondary sources into the forefront of uh, uh, manohar bolivishya so that manohar bolivishya's studies studies can grow and in future there will be so many researchers to work on on our malivishas's works mm -hmm. that was the intention of course right it's so important to translate the work otherwise it it has to reach Absolutely. out to people as many people as possible and thank you so much sir for yeah. working on it yeah. uh okay so we have spoken about the problems we have spoken about years of oppression and still there prevalent in the society uh i was reading while i was reading about uh, the literature and ways what people have done uh, some people have uh, shifted to another religion in some way or the other do you think that uh, choosing another religion becoming a buddhism a buddhist or something else is a way out or there has to be many many other ways like what is the way to the solution to this problem Uh, I won't uh, go into that, but uh, no, in, in, the, in details in this now. But uh, uh, of course, that there was their personal choice, of course, and uh, uh, possibly they thought Buddhism is, uh, you know, more holistic and more liberal. Possibly that's why they embrace Buddhism, and of course, Buddhang Saranga Chami, you know, the Buddha gives a calming effect to the mind. when the mind is disturbed possibly you know chanting of buddhas gives a calming effect to mind and that is the same in all religion and all religions are very important and all religions are very sacred and everybody is respected and all choices are respected so uh, but coming to this uh, coming to this particular uh, ideas that you know uh, possibly uh, uh the dalits in, in different parts of india they thought that the indian caste system is so deep rooted so maybe one another uh buddhism could be a one way of uh, expression and one way of embracing life life in totality so but this is of course 
mind uh, reading in many other things. Yeah. Okay. So uh, last question from my side. How do you see uh, the society changing? How do you envision it? And uh, we must change ourselves first, isn't it? Society, which, uh, no, of course, there is a progression. There should be a progression growth always. And uh, the progression is from darkness to light. And progression is from it, uh, um, you know, illiteracy to education. Progression is from one, one generation of learning to five generations of learning. So, of course, there is always growth and possibly the things we are discussing after 20 mm. years, we shall not discuss at all. And uh, uh, mm. still, we, uh, we, we struggle with certain things in life. And possibly right. after 10, 10, 20 years of time, we shall not think about that. And these are hurdles and these are milestones, we'll say. And uh, mm. today's topic will be history tomorrow, isn't it? So I'm very optimistic. I'm very optimistic about it. And I have seen uh, the expression of joy, celebration of writings, celebration of productions, and mm -hmm. celebration of uh, the journeys. And now Dalit literature is visible all over the world. And uh, I will say uh, there is one, uh, there is a, always a say, cliche that there is no good a novel from uh, the marginal community, may it be from the Aborigine or the, from the Maoris and from the Dalits, but I do not subscribe to that at all. I think mm -hmm. all literature are, are great literature, marginal literature, if we call marginal at all, but they have contributed a lot to it. Our angles, our eyes could not read it. So, because there's a writer called Kapil Krishna Thakur in Bengali, Kapil Krishna Thakur. And he has a one novel, and which novel I surpass all autobiographical references. You know? okay. And he talks about the social movement, and I think that is fascinating. And uh, there is a criticism about the marginal writers that they only talk about themselves. Therefore, autobiography mm. is so special for them. But mm. it's not that. Their life is so different from you and me. Therefore, mm. of course, the first thing will come, who am I and what is my, me, and what made me as a writer, what made me as a social being. So I want to express that fast. And of course, they are soul makers, I will say, and they are aesthetically satisfying, fulfilling writers. I always respect them. I have seen them, worked with them, learned with them. And uh, of course, their subtle movements taught me many lessons from of history, time, and society. I will never forget my engagement with Dalit literature, Dalit literary movement, and Dalit activists. Activists, all are my good friends and will remain uh, good friends forever. Beautiful. Cheers to that thought and cheers to the celebration of literature because it exists yes. in our world. Of course, okay. but one thing, of course, working uh, Dalit literature or working with marginal literature or Aboriginal literature, Australian, Maori literature, Black literature, we will have to think it is a kind of activism. It's, right. it, it needs your emotional involvement. Mm. It's not that, that will, I will write one article and I will vanish and I will mm. perish. So right. it's a lifelong mission 
and uh, I, I know it's really it's really uh, you will get lot of enjoyment into it when you work close to your heart close to your heart yeah and yeah. that's why human emo that's why humans are different because we have so many emotions that we have that are ingrained in us absolutely 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 and yeah. on so. on that note i would like to request all of our viewers to please share this video because we need to reach out to people because spreading knowledge is the basic of everything that we want to do in life absolutely so we we need india indian true colors in india yes. true colors of course and we will celebrate each other's journey that is our journeys Perfect. are unique unique and uh, that is emphatic and we are confident nation builders we are confident nation builders Sure. That's so true. I don't have any more words after, after like I have goosebumps really. Okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, so let's just uh, go and see what our viewers have written. I'll just read them out. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Shutanuka uh, Ghosh Roy has written engaging and informative. Um, Dipalik Throat says hello all. Here. Uh, Ms. Chaudhary has something. Sir, can you enlighten us on Dalit studies and its relation with other theories of literature? Absolutely. And I, my humble submission in this evening is that we have uh, produced in last 30 years or 40 years of uh, Dalit studies a comprehensive secondary material which can be accessed, easily uh, used, for researches and, and theorization on Dalit literature. You can say Dalit womanism, Dalit feminism, Dalit autobiography, Dalit engagements, Dalit movements, by, uh, Dalit literary movements, and people are from, and from sociological perspectives, from political perspectives, from the perspectives of literary traditions, from the perspectives of history. So many fields are contributing to Dalit studies. And uh, we have, uh, on our baggage, a significant body of uh, uh, literature and a significant body of critical studies on Dalit literature uh, mm. on that. So we have a solid platform now for uh, these Dalit studies in India. And uh, I'm really fortunate that uh, I, can, uh, I can really uh, talk, uh, I can you know, give you some examples like that. You can have a comparative model also. Suppose you are comparing uh, Sharan Kumar Limbare's Akarmasi and Monohor Moli Vishwas's uh, autobiography, Surviving in My World, Growing Up Dalit in Bengal. And you have two perspectives from two cultures, one Marathi culture, another Bengali culture. So comparative model within India, uh, uh, written in vernaculars, translated into English, and translated into other vernacular languages. That is mm. unique. Suppose Marathi Dalit writings can be translated into Kannar in uh, in uh, Malayalam also and in Bangla Bangla also, and that is the uniqueness of our culture and tradition, right. and that there lies the success and the success story of a writer mm. to reach mm. out to the democratic platform of India, to reach yes. out to the grassroots level of India. That is unique, unique unique 
moving on to the next question uh asis sarkar wants to ask which theatrical perspective according to you is appreciate or maybe appropriate in engaging with dalit literature which theatrical perspective yeah you can uh, of course uh, you can theorize from different aesthetics the platform of aesthetics you can think of uh, towards dalit aesthetics no you think of aesthetics so another thing is of course post colonial angle though i don't think that after 40 50 years down time the term post colonial will ever exist so possibly post 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 colonial isn't it and possibly we will forget our colonial history so for forgetting we need time for forgetting yes. we need time we need so, time to forget yeah of course therefore i think uh, very important so many feminism dalit feminism then dalitomanism from the perspective uh, from the perspective of minority discourse of course emancipation discourse of emancipation i'll subscribe mm. progressive discourse progressive discourse and humanistic literature there's another thing all pervasive thing humanistic literature so so many angles uh, to look at dalit studies on the background we have or the studies we have so far right uh, i'll just read out what people have to say uh, if we come across a question i'll ask you himlata thaks himlata thaks says good evening to all uh, sutadripa says sir uh, yeah we have taken her question and she and she is very thankful for that Jaya Ghosh uh, says wonderful explanation. Gitanjali Nanda say, uh, says good evening, sir. And uh, we have Ashok Shelke saying good evening again to you. Vrishali um, Nagralesh, good evening. Uh, Pragati Oja says a great session, sir. Thank you so much. Aditi Rudra again says informative and very interesting session. Uh, Ifshita says great and then we have Mrs. Pramila Chhabra saying I'm also here and I'm listening to the conversation and Asis Sarkar says thank you so much sir. Wonderful. So thank you so much. Yeah. That is all we had for uh, from our audience but yeah. before we say goodbye to whoever is listening so I have the I have my last request since you are a poet and a writer, I request you to please recite a poetry which help us to understand the essence of the subject. Okay, thank you. And uh, thank you everybody for viewing and watching passionately. And thank you for your attention. Yes, uh, recently I, along with uh, a, a colleague from Bengal, uh, we translated uh, one very important uh, text, that is 50 poems of Shamal Kumar Pramani, a Pondro Khotriyo writer, into English. And one of the poems is Untouchable. And the title of the volume is Untouchable and Other Poems by Shamal Kumar Pramanik, translated by Joydeep Shorungi and Onurima Chandu. And this book is available on all online stores. I'll read out a very small poem, Untouchable. Untouchable. The man runs out to write a poem on fire. 
disregarding the inequality. He runs into the rain, main street, like God. I ask him, who is he? He replies, I am Shambho, the untouchable, the untouchable. And there was a very small poem, but very touching poem. I said, you know, translation of a poem, Bangla poem into English or Hindi poem into English or English poem into Hindi or Bangla or, or other languages is very challenging. And uh, I always think that no translation is definite and there is room for another mm. translation. So this is my way That's of That's why we have lost in translation. There, lost there's in always... translation, of course. This is my perspective in, of translation from Bangla poem, Osprisho to Untouchable here. Okay. Thank you, sir. But we have some more uh, questions popping up. Uh, shall we take yeah, them? Sure, sure. Yeah. One, one okay. maybe. One maybe. I have a meeting one, at Okay, I'll just. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this is here. Could you kindly tell about any major trend in Uriya Dalit literature? That's uh, that is fascinating. Sort of, that is fascinating. Yeah, I have seen uh, a lot of growth. Like Pitambar Tarai, who is a good friend of mine, and writing brilliant. Uh, Basudev Sunani. As a brilliant writer, and many others, I uh, have I have come across, but uh, and they are writing engaging discourses, and uh, you know it can change the lives of a Dalit and also the non-Dalit. So, of course, I have seen enormous growth of Dalit literature from Odisha, and uh, they are really soul makers, and uh, it's a learning experience, of course, and I just uh, humbly suggest to. The universities all across India, they should open up doors for translations of vernaculars of Dalit writings from Dalit writings into English and other studies also. Suppose in Marathi or in, uh, you know, in, uh, in Odia, in Bangla, it should be included in different university texts and also in the school level texts so that people can understand that how uh, they struggled, how they came, come out of, how could they come out of the struggle? So how do they celebrate their life now? So it will be kind of inspiration and championing the self and it will ignite many, many, many Indians in near future. I am really thankful to this body of discourse, amazing body of discourse. Thank you so much, sir. It was like a 14 minutes packed session for all of us and you have given us so much perspective into the subject that that would have come from a teacher only. 